This is Winning with ADHD, a podcast for parents to empower students. Build up your ADHD teens so that they recognize their own talents, creativity, and uniqueness. Get tips and tricks to help overcome executive functioning challenges. Listen to stories and experiences of what worked and what did not. Together, let's find ways to build your child's self-esteem and start winning with ADHD. And now, here's your host, Heather Walker. Hey guys, it's May. And May is probably one of the busiest months in the year. That one and the month of December. I believe those two are the most challenging months out of the entire year because you have school activities, you've got end of year projects that are due, you've got come and watch this program, you've got plays, you've got graduations, um, you have family activities, you've got holidays, you've got kind of almost like that kickoff to summer. It really is a super busy month and it seems like everything seems to pile in at once. So it's a pretty busy time, but at the same time, it's also the ending of a school year. So right now, if you are a parent of a student with ADHD, just take a big, deep breath and let it out because you're almost there. You've made it. So school can be a really challenging thing for parents of ADHD students. And um, really what that translates to is that we also have big changes that are happening. You've got we're in school, we've got a lot of fun and exciting things, which kind of just like riles up that excitement and energy factor, um, hyperactivity, impulsivity of ADHD, and um, creates some really fun things, but also causes maybe a little bit more frustration and um, them getting into trouble, which can be so hard because we don't want to like um, hold back their excitement for the new things that are coming. But what also comes with that is that transition from school to summer, which has been something that um, in our experience with our daughter, Emily, has been a really difficult challenge Um, from school to summer, from summer back to school, or even from like a week long break or a Christmas break and coming back. In our experience, the month of January has always been one of Emily's more difficult months of being able to... um, show up in the way that she wants to show up, but that we also need her to show up as, you know, a contributing member of society, right? And at this point, it's been a contributing member by getting an education. And so there's a couple different factors that have impacted her for the month of January. One is, is that the break from Christmas is very busy and exciting and kind of draining in a lot of ways um, from being around a lot of people, a lot of social situations, um, but also we travel and are on the go, but then you have that excitement around gifts and parties and um, all of these other things that don't happen throughout the rest of the year. And then you come back to January. And I think we can all agree that in January, like there's a little bit of this like letdown um, or maybe even exhaustion around what's happening. And then you've got to jump back in to school, which might not be something that's super enjoyable for an ADHD student. For Emily in particular, that has been the case for the majority of her school years. Um, You also have the fact that we have shorter days in regards to light. 
And that has a huge contributing factor for Emily in particular in regards to her mood and how she feels. And so as we look at these big changes from you know, Christmas break to school, from school to summer break, um, there's a lot of things that happen. And um, they're going to communicate that with you in a number of different ways. Most often it's going to show up in behavior that you don't prefer, but that's their way of saying that there's a lot of havoc going on inside and I don't really know what to do with it because I'm trying to process all of this. I'm going from something that's really structured to maybe summer break that's not structured, or I'm going from something where I I know what to expect to something where I don't know what to expect. Um, or maybe parameters around social settings, right? Of when we can communicate or how much communication is happening or like social experiences versus um, maybe not having the same type of thing. So one other thing to know is that I keep saying big changes and you might be thinking, Heather, going from Christmas break to back to school is not a big change. And I would in many ways say, you're right. I totally agree with you. It's not a big change because we expect that. Like as an adult, that's what we did. That's what school like. That's what our kids are doing. And it's a pretty normal expectation of what, um, you know, a traditional type year long schedule might look like. But for somebody with ADHD, that could be a really big change as they're trying to process all of the different inputs that are coming into their, their brain and their body. And so we need to recognize that when we see behaviors that are less desirable, that we're probably not excited about seeing, knowing that that's a trigger for us to start asking some questions or paying a little bit closer attention to find out how we can help them adjust and transition to this new time. So right now we're in the month of May, we're getting ready to transition from school to summer. What are some things that you can do that you've noticed in the past that can help them have a better transition? So is it that you recognize that they perform really well with structure? Awesome. Maybe you pick a time that you get up every day and you choose a time that everybody goes to bed and you maintain that piece of structure. Does it have to be the same time that you got up for school and went to bed for school? No, it doesn't. But it needs to be consistent in nature so that you know what to expect, they know what to expect, and that you follow through on it. Another thing that you could do is help with food. I know in the summer, um, we get kind of more relaxed. Um, we maybe have a lot of family or activities or trips, but if you can focus on maintaining some consistency in food, that is a huge benefit to literally everybody. You have the commercials about being hangry. This is true for everybody, making sure that we're well-fed. Many of our kids with ADHD um, have a, a lack of appetite. Um, for various reasons, or they find preparing a meal or getting food incredibly overwhelming because it's so many steps to get it together, or maybe just too much that they have to put forth to get it that day. So those are a couple of examples. But what if we have some 
even bigger changes. So for example, our daughter, Emily, is graduating from high school this May. Um, she has a job and she's going to be starting college in the fall. And what we've noticed is that whenever we mention it, she kind of shuts down a little bit. So that's a behavior that you can start to notice. So sometimes something that is a behavior and a communication, we often think about the negative sides of maybe they're angry or maybe they yell or maybe they are more physically aggressive, but they can also bring those feelings in and like turn them inward and become more quiet and not speak. Um, that is something that's a lot less noticeable um, and maybe isn't as in your face, but something to look for. And so when she does that, there's a lot of thoughts and worry going on inside her head. And so as we've been talking about this big change for her and this transition from being, um, you know, uh, primary to secondary education over to working to earn money and then also following up by having um, college courses, um, she gets really overwhelmed. So what can we do to help um, make that process of this big change go a little bit smoother? The first thing that I'm going to recommend is just like what we recommend for school assignments. You have a school assignment and it feels overwhelming. Maybe it's a book report or science fair project or something like that that has a lot of steps. Breaking it down into smaller tasks that are a little bit more manageable is a great way to help them be able to work through that bigger project and reduce that overwhelm. And the same thing happens when we talk about some of these bigger changes in life of going from, say, high school to college. Let's talk about in small pieces what that might be like. Maybe ask some questions of like, well, what do you think college will be like? Okay, well, it's going to be similar to what you're doing now in these ways, but it's going to be different in these ways. And then maybe kind of just end it there and then maybe have a conversation in a couple of days and say, well, what do you think that this would look like in regards to getting your schoolwork turned in versus in high school, right? How could you communicate with your teacher to create success? Maybe another one is, um, okay, you're going to be working to help buy a car. Um, what are some manageable pieces that we could set goals around to not make it feel so overwhelming to pay for a really big expense for a young adult um, on how we could help you get there. And I think the last one is, um, well, sorry, the second one is um, coming up with potential solutions to some of the things that they might express as a concern. So Emily, for example, expressed concern around how expensive a car was or how expensive college was. And so I came to her with some potential solutions of here are some options of how we can go about this. We can um, not buy a car yet. We can hold off and wait. We can maybe lower our expectations on what we want for a car. We could see about what it looks like for a loan. We could look at what... Um, maybe what our needs are. And maybe we as a family could come up with something in sharing cars. Um, maybe you don't need a car as much because you're going to do online school and maybe you could share the family car with your younger sister who is getting her license. So those are some of the things that we could 
bring as potential solutions so that they can start thinking about what does this look like? Because I think a lot of times we get overwhelmed and our brains are not in that logical space to be able to think about solutions that are a possibility. So you as the parent being able to come in with that calm, logical mindset and being able to speak to it would be something that could be very helpful in this overwhelming time as you have big changes. Okay, so the last one then is making sure that you give encouragement and support. So being able to show up in a way that allows them to feel that they have like a safety net. So a big change, and in particular, the one I'm talking about today, going from high school to college, you can feel probably pretty uneasy about where you're going, right? You've always been in, you know, like public schools or, you know, that type of education. Now you're being referred to as an adult. Now you're expected to make certain decisions or contributions. You're expected to do certain things to help you be able to move into like a young adult lifestyle, right? Um, And the responsibility that comes with it. And so that can be pretty intimidating and overwhelming. And so I think as parents in all situations, offering encouragement, showcasing where they've done hard things in the past and offering your support of being able to help them um, move on to the next phase and that it's not an all or nothing type of scenario. I think sometimes our, our kids think that, you know, I turned 18 and now I have to go find a place to live and I have to pay for all of my food and I have to have a car and I have to have a job. And it can be incredibly overwhelming thinking about what ever they have put in their brain as expectations. And so maybe even asking, well, what do you think it should look like? And let's maybe add some reality to that of like, okay, maybe we don't have to take that many steps that fast. Let's work our way into this. And I think that applies to everything that we as a family have learned over the last 18 years is that everybody has their own trajectory as to where they um where they land, I guess you could say, in each stage of life. And so, for example, those with ADHD, it's noted and um, reported that they tend to be a couple of years behind from a maturity standpoint or um, things like that. So if you take that into consideration as well, it's like, well, what can we do to kind of maybe keep you in the incubator for just a little bit longer, give you a little bit more room, but be able to provide that safety net to help you kind of start taking these steps forward. And honestly, that's what we've been doing and what I believe all of you have been doing with your kids, right? We're constantly working to see how we can get them to be able to find those wins, be able to recognize them and feel good about the hard things that they've done, right? So what big things do you guys have going on? What big things do your kids have going on? And what are some of the behaviors that you see that trigger you to know that maybe you need to kind of like have a little powwow with your kid and determine what you can do to maybe reduce some of that worry and anxiety around whatever big changes that are going on. Anyway, happy May. Congratulations on making it here. And I hope you guys have a fabulous summer. 
Winning with ADHD is brought to you by Disrupt ADHD. Head on to disruptadhd.com slash learn more.